speaks of one who sacrificed that we might have eternal life. His call to us, his call to us is just to lift him up. Lift up the cross, lift up the cross, till every eye has seen the Lamb of Calvary. Lift up the cross, lift up the cross, exalt the Son of God who died. Take up his cross and lift it high till every eye has seen the the cross, the message of the cross of Christ, is one of peace and hope, the power of the cross, is in the sinless blood that they have not received is called a cross God calls again for us to lift him up lift up the cross lift up the cross till every eye has seen the light Calvary, lift up the cross, lift up the cross, exalt the Son of God who died, take up his cross and lift it high till every eye has seen the Lord. Lift up the cross till every And lift it high till every eye has seen the Lord. Till every eye has seen the Lord. Till every eye has seen the Lord. Lift up the cross. have your Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 4 this morning, hadn't it been good to be in the Lord's house? Thank you for being here, thank you for your attendance, thank you families and visitors, it's such a joy to have everybody here, 
I want to speak this morning from the Word of God. I do want to address the seniors in some way, but I believe that every one of us in this room can find application of this message. And I want to do something that I remember as an 18-year-old boy I did not want to do, and that was listen to what an old man had to say. And if I could go back to when I was 18 years old, if I would have paid a little more attention to what the older ones were trying to tell me, I would have saved myself a whole lot of heartache and a whole lot of stress in my life. Uh, it would have saved me a lot. And the old man that I want us to go to this morning is the old man, the Apostle Paul. And I want to look at the end of his life, and I want to talk about how he finished his course and I know this is a man that's finishing up, and we're looking at uh, some, some teenagers, some graduates that's just beginning. But I believe as he looked back over his life for the Lord, I think he learned some things that we could apply uh, to our daily life. And understand, I'm not talking to a bunch of lost people, okay? As far as I know, every one of you saved, every one of you know the Lord, and that means it's different for y'all. You're to live a different life than the rest of the world. You're held to a different standard. God holds you to a different standard. You're one of His children. He's your Father. And we need to bring Him honor and glory. And as a child of God, there is a way to live this life. If you would stand with me to honor the reading of God's Word. 2 Timothy chapter 4. And in verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed into Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychus have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus. When thou comest, bring with thee in the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works, of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, that by me the preaching might be fully known, and all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work, and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Give me power to preach your word. Open our hearts to it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on this subject, running a successful course. Running a successful course. I want you to notice verse 7. The Apostle Paul said, I have finished my course. This word course means race. It means career. It means the point in time and the, and the period of time that we have to live this life. Now, I believe the Apostle Paul, his course began at the very day that he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. 
And that day he became a new creature. He was to put away the old man. He was to put away the old flesh and the old lust and the old desire and to put on the new. So I believe when he's talking about course, I don't believe he's talking about the course that began at birth, but I believe the course that began at the new birth. The time that you meet Jesus. At that time is when your life is changed forevermore. And you are in the hand of the Lord forevermore. And you are saved forevermore. Boy, isn't that precious. For all of eternity you're saved. But from the moment you meet Jesus to the day that you die on this earth is your course. This is your course. This is your life. This is your life living every day for Jesus Christ. Now the Apostle Paul's focus was very, very uh, uh, apparent to everybody, even to us. His focus was on Christ and Him crucified. And the focus of his course had to deal with the kingdom of God. And his whole life revolved around God and his kingdom. And he sought every day the enlargement of God's kingdom. He sought every day to have a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. And may I tell you, the course that you run, you need to run it with Jesus Christ. And I believe Paul set the example here, and he gave us some pointers to add to our life so that we can have success in running this course called the spiritual life. I want you to notice, number one, in verse 7. I want you to notice that he had a solid foundation. He said right here in verse 7, I have kept the faith. The foundation of his course was the faith that he had in Jesus Christ. The foundation of your life needs to be the faith that you have in Jesus Christ. Your course, the foundation of your course must revolve around your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you ever want to have success, child of God, you will never have success outside of your relationship with Christ. We're not like the world. We're not to do things like the world. We're to be peculiar. We're to do it differently. You don't put your priorities in your success. You don't put your priorities in making money. You don't put priorities in your career. You make your faith in Jesus Christ your number one priority. And I'm telling you folks, when you get Jesus number one in your life, everything else seems to just fit in, doesn't it? And it seems like that when we make the foundation of our life about our faith in Him, then God works everything else out. And there's times that I've been worried about this, this, and this, and this, but as long as my priority is faith in Jesus Christ first, then God has always worked it out. Now I'm going to say this, and it's going to be bold to some of y'all, but my faith in Jesus must come before my wife. My faith in Jesus must come before my kids. My faith in Jesus must come before my career and my ministry and my hobbies. My faith in Jesus should be the foundation of everything that I do. You see, the faith that Paul had was the priority of his life. There was nothing more important to him than serving Jesus Christ. I believe we stand in a day and time that we need more Christians like Paul. That nothing matters more in life than Jesus and Him crucified. That we get so close to Him 
that our relationship with Him is so important that we don't put Him on the back burner, that we don't just push Him to the side, but every day He's number one. He's number one in the morning. He's number one at lunch. He's number one in the evening. And He's number one at night. And every decision that you make, you're fixing to have to choose the one you're going to spend the rest of your life with. You're going to fall in love if you're not already. It's a dangerous thing. I'm just telling y'all. Love you, Lacey. You better make faith in Jesus, your foundation, when you go to making these decisions. You're making decisions that will affect you the rest of your life. You better make faith your number one priority. I jotted some things down about faith that I believe the Apostle Paul had. Number one, he embraced the faith. He accepted it. He accepted the things of God. Then he kept the faith. Not only did he accept it, but he applied it. And he did it every single day. Don't just make faith your priority on Sunday. Make it every day of your life. Keep the faith. Embrace the faith. Know the faith. Know the faith. Know what you believe and why you believe it. The next four years, you better know what you believe. Because it's going to be tested. You're going to find a professor that thinks he's smarter than God. And he's going to try to get you to doubt everything you've ever been taught in your life. You better know the faith. (laughs) You better know the Word of God. You better know that we came here created by a holy and righteous God. I didn't develop into what I am now. I've been like this forever and ever because God formed me. God made me. It's all about God. We didn't evolve from from apes and monkeys. A holy, righteous God created us perfect in His image. You better know the faith. You better know the faith. You better embrace the faith. You better keep the faith. Love the faith. You better love the faith that you have in the Lord. You better appreciate what you have in God. Appreciate. Love the Lord. Love your relationship with Him. Protect the faith. You're going to have to protect it. You're fixing to go to a place where your faith is going to be attacked on a daily basis. You stand by it, you live on it, and you protect it. It's worth standing up for, folks. Protect the faith. And then live the faith. Live out the Word of God in your life every day. Don't just talk about faith. Don't just talk about being a member at Promised Land Missionary Baptist Church, but live out the Scriptures in your life. Child of God, we need to be living this. And it's easy for me to tell them what to do, but every day I have a choice to make. And I have a choice whether or not I'm going to live by the faith that I have professed to this church and to Christ and the rest of the world. It's time that Christians quit talking about their faith. And it's time that we live by our faith. And we live out our faith. And we live out the Word of God in our life. Let faith be the number one foundation. Number two, you must overcome disappointment. Won't you notice verse 10? For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. When I was 18, 19 years old, graduating high school from West Monroe, Louisiana, I thought I had it all figured out and I had the right people around me and everybody around me was going to be with me for the rest of my life. 
Here I am, 15 years later, 16 years later, and the majority of people that was in my life at that time is not in my life today. And I had some folks that I was very, very close with, some folks that I never thought that we would ever separate in our life. But you see, when you try to live life according to the course that God has for you, some things are going to change. And you're going to encounter some people that's going to be friends with you when it's convenient for them. You're going to encounter some friends and some people in your life that is good with you as long as you're doing what they want you to do. They're, hey, you're going to have people in your life that's going to love you until you leave this town. And you're going to have people in your career that you think are going to be your friends and then you're going to turn around one day and they don't stab you in the back. You're going to have people forsake you. You may have people walk out on you. You may have people that you enter into a relationship with and they just said, I'm done and I'm leaving to never come back again. The hardest thing about the life that we live for Christ is that people disappoint us because people forsake us and they turn their back on us to pursue other things. You see, Paul's mind was on the kingdom of God, but Demas did not have the kingdom of God, his primary focus. And if your primary focus is the kingdom of God, you get ready because you're going to have some folks forsake you. You're going to have some folks say, I'm not going to be around those spiritual nuts. I'm not going to be around those holy rollers, all righteous and all holier than thou. I don't want anything to do with them. And it will hurt your feelings. It will tear your heart out. It will disappoint you. It will keep you up late at night of the people that will turn their back on you. I've had more people turn their back on me than I could ever imagine. People that I said that they'll be with me till I die, and they've forsaken you get ready because it's coming. And you're going to have to overcome that. You're going to have to overcome those people that let you down. You're going to have to overcome those people that you thought were your best friends until it wasn't convenient for them anymore. And then they're gone. You're going to have to overcome that disappointment. But I want you to notice in, in chapter 4, in verse 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. You see, he had to overcome these people, so-called friends that forsook him, but he also had to overcome his enemies. He had enemies in this life. Boy, y'all look really into this this morning. Are y'all doing good this morning? Are y'all here? In the Lord good? Have y'all ever had an Alexander the coppersmith? You ever had a Demas in your life? There's people that's going to let you down, and then there's people that's going to be your enemy. They're going to have it out for you. They're going to do everything that they can to destroy you. Destroy your career. Destroy your life. Destroy your family. You say, preacher, there's no way. Well, you get ready. It will blow your mind what people will do. It will blow your mind how people will let you down. And people that you thought loved you and were friends with you turn their back on you. And people for no reason hate your guts. And do everything they can to destroy your life. And you're going to have to overcome that. You're going to have a lot of lonely nights. You're going to have a lot of lonely days. I think there's a lot of adults in here that will agree the ups and downs in life is rough and tough and hard. People you thought loved you walked away. People that just hated your guts trying to destroy your life. 
And there's been a lot of lonely nights in my life that I laid in my bed and I said, Oh God, what am I going to do? Oh Lord, where am I going to go? But I want you to notice what this man said. In verse 16, at my first answer, no man stood with me. Y'all ever feel like that sometimes? Nobody loves me. Nobody's for me. Nobody wants me to succeed. And I promise you, you're going to feel like that many, many days in your life. The devil knows how to isolate us and get us all alone. He'll lie to you. He's a liar. He's a loser. <laughs> but he's limited. He's limited. And he'll lie. And I'll sit over there on Saturday night thinking, man, i got to go preach to them people. Half them people can't stand me. Man, man, them people don't like me. I, I'm serious. Man, I'm over there fretting and, at the house and I've stayed up half the night worried about who's for me and who's against me because the devil's been lying to me. Of course, I get here on Sunday morning and everything's fine. Ain't nobody hate my guts. But the devil will lie to you and he'll fool you and he'll put you in a corner and he'll make you feel like there's no way out. He'll make you feel like nobody's for you and nobody's beside you and nobody cares. But you understand this preacher cares, this church cares, and most of all, your Lord cares. There's people every day that take their life because they think there's nobody that cares. But people care. We care. The Lord cares. But notice what he's saying. I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Can we say Paul was a better Christian than us? You know what? All this evil was done. But he didn't get bitter about it. He didn't get mad about it. He didn't have a crutch. He didn't have this complex in his mind and heart. When those people did him evil, he put them in the hands of the Lord. Now I'm going to tell you, you're going to have opportunities to be bitter at folks and mad at folks, and upset at folks, and it will ruin your life. There's a lot of, there's, may I say, there's probably a lot of lives in this room that our life's been affected because we can't get over what people have done to us. And our course has been affected because we're mad, bitter, upset, and refuse to forgive. You're going to have to learn how to forgive. You say, preacher, I can't do that. Well, I'm trying to learn it myself. But I got somebody to look to. And his name is Jesus. And I've let him down a thousand times. I've disappointed him every day of my life. But he's forgiven me every time. And he was long-suffering and he's patient. You better be patient. You better be long-suffering. You better be forgiving. You better be loving. There's a lot of careers ruined because of bitterness and hatred for people. Because of their Alexanders and their Demases. Don't you let your Demases and Alexanders get the best of you. You better put them in the hands of the Lord and let God deal with them. Let the Lord handle your enemies. He can do a better job than we can, can He? But notice the people that stood with Him. He said there that Luke was with Him. It's amazing when you follow the Lord, God's going to put some people in your life and in your ministry that's going to help you. There's going to be some people that stand by you. There's going to be some people that's going to be there through the thick and the thin. When I was 18 years old, I thought my parents were the dumbest people on the face of the earth. I'll just be honest. 
Well, maybe you're holier than me, but I was just being honest. I didn't think they knew a thing. I thought, I thought they were ignorant. Brother Carl, man, I wish I would have listened. And I've had so many people come and go, but Jeff and Ann Lou Ellen have been there the entire time. I couldn't stand my brother at times. There's still times I can't stand him. You can tell him that. That's all right. But he's always been there. There's times that me and Lacey just, man, it's tough living life. But she's always been there. And I praise God for people like that. I praise God for those people that he has put in my life. I've got a man in the ministry that's a preacher. And all the preachers that come and go, he's been there my entire ministry. He's always been there for me, and he has stood by me through it all. And I could not make it without that man and without people like my wife and my family standing by me. And then he said, bring Mark, because he's a prophet to me. There's going to be people God brings in your life to be a prophet for you, to help you, to encourage you, to strengthen you. There's people in your life that are put there probably to bring you down. But know that God's going to put people there to help elevate you and encourage you. You better love your Luke's and you better love your Mark's. Those people that are there that want the best for you and that encourage you on a daily basis. I've got some men sitting right here that are my Barnabases, that are my Mark, that is a prophet to me in my ministry. When I'm down and I'm low, I'm going to get that phone call. Preacher, I love you. Keep on going. You better hold on to your Marks and your Lukes. Notwithstanding, I want all eyes right here. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Whew. You are going to have Demases. You are going to have Alexanders. And he said at one time, he looked and all men forsook me. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. Let me tell you something. He gave you a promise. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to be there the entire time. When your mom and daddy can't be there for you, God's going to be there for you. When your friends can't be in some of those positions with you, God's going to be there with you. He'll see you through the valley. He'll see you through the mountaintop experiences. He's going to be there. He was there with the three Hebrew children in that fiery furnace. He was there with Daniel in the lion's den. He was there on the sea when the disciples was tossed about from the storm. He's always been there. He's always going to be there. And when you get to worrying and fretting, you just know this. God's there. And God cares. And God loves you. And there's times that I look and at the people and the circumstances around me, and I'm like, man, do I have any good to speak of in my life? Absolutely, child of God. I always have good to look to. I always have hope as long as I keep the faith. Because if I keep the faith and I keep pursuing Jesus, I'm going to see Him every day of my life. Every day of my life. He's faithful and He's good. He said He strengthened me. He said He guided me. He said, He preserved my soul. I've been married 13 years. And I mean this with all due respect. God did this for 13 years. I've been here three and a half years. God's the reason I'm still here. 
It's all about what God has done for me. And may I tell you most of what He's done for me, I never thought I was strong enough or big enough or intellectual enough. Man, they put them pictures of me up there on the board and that, man. I about run out of the building there. I thought, what in the world are they doing? But I forgot I was graduating too. I put off a degree for 10 years. Did my four years. Got my degree in Greek and Hebrew theology. A redneck from West Monroe, Louisiana, going to get a degree in Hebrew and Greek theology. I said, God, there's no way. I did all of my work. All I had to do was a 10,000-word thesis. I hadn't spoke 10,000 different words in 35 years of my life. But God said, get it done. And I got it done. And this redneck did it. But not in his power, but in the power of God. And in trusting in him. And folks, I tell you today, there's going to be so many times in our lives where we say and we think we can't do that, we can't do that, and we can't. But we can inside of our faith for him. He will strengthen you. He will guide you. He will lead you. If you're here this morning, you've never been saved. You need to be saved today. If you're here and you have a public decision to make, you need to make that known today. But church, I want you to do something if you feel led. And I'm going to leave it up to y'all. But if you want to come grab one of these graduates and get them down here to altar, maybe your family, come grab them. Take them down the altar and just pray over them. Boy, wouldn't that be good? Man, we need to pray a hedge about these, don't we?